Welcome back to Ping. This is episode 240. That is 240 episodes of us bringing you the news that Microsofties are pinging each other about. It is once again Mark and Rick here for you. Nice, very nice days. You know, we're recording this just before Pi Day. Yes, this is an interesting weekend. It's, it's Pi Day. Yes, it's uh, Friday the 13th. Yes. actually. <laughs> And and he forgot his battery charger to charge his battery, so we're hoping his. Uh, oh, it'll last. Stays. It'll last fine. Uh, it, it had only a slight amount of time left, and I switched over to battery saver, and I was like, Psh, "You got plenty of time. You're nice. good." Um, yeah. So we didn't have too many comments on the show last week. We did have a conversation on Twitter. I wanted to highlight. Yes. Uh, we, we we say at the end of the episode, feel free to send us a postcard, and we'll we'll get you a nine guy, mm-hmm. um, which is still true. Yes. We may want to have the caveat on that you need to have a postage stamp on said postcard. <laughs> so, who was this again? Uh, this is Fads. Fads? Uh, uh, Fads-A. Fads is what he goes by on uh, on the Channel 9. Yeah. And uh, we had a nice little conversation on there, uh, which he, he requested that someone over here invents a Star Trek transporter. I redirected him to Elon Musk's. Uh, Twitter feed because I figured that he's doing more of that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, and then actually, uh, I, I retweeted what something uh, Ellen said. Elon. Elon. Yeah. Um, oh yes, the rumor that I'm building a spaceship to get back to my home planet Mars is totally untrue. Gotta like that. I don't know how untrue it is, but I do need to clarify because there is some preamble to that whole yeah, chatter. Yeah, I gotta get into this about being either TCP or UDP because he the because his letter was returned to him. His I, all I was saying was it was unreliable. Yeah, I but. Technically, UDP is unreliable. You don't get delivery, but you also don't get notice that yeah, it was delivered. You wouldn't get so the, it wouldn't really no. be a UDP packet. TCP would have automatically be tried. Right. So I guess there's no networking Put some, some kind of handshake going on. Like, uh, like buying kind of, a postage like, stamp? <laughs> that would work. That would work, too. Uh, but get that to us, and we will get you your nine guys. Uh, Stay let... tuned to the end of the show to get that snail mail address. <laughs> as I tried to rattle it off my tongue without making any mistakes. Sometimes it takes three tries. No Sometimes. one sees those. No one sees those because they are on the editing room floor, the virtual editing room <laughs> floor. But we've got a, a good bunch of stuff to talk about today, so why don't we just get started? Yeah. New in games this week, we've got uh, two titles to talk about. The first one uh, had some pretty good hype around it. The other one was more of a surprise. The first one is Ori and the Blind Forest. No, which, I'm not familiar with this title. Which I was excited about for a while. Mm-hmm. It was talked about near the, uh, the start of the Xbox One generation. Okay. It is an exclusive... Arcade title, I'll say. Uh, it's weird. There's a little. There's nothing really arcade anymore. Just you can get any game digitally. So right. Kind of seeing that way. Right. But it is a uh, a twenty dollar game, and it is in the Metroidvania uh, genre. So if you're unfamiliar, a two D platform side scroller where as you earn additional abilities, you may be able to reach areas that you couldn't get to before. And there's some puzzle solving. There's some platforming uh, concepts. There's a slight RPG elements. But the graphics in this game, uh, it's not that the graphics are super realistic. The graphic style is phenomenal. It is, um, it plays a lot with light. You're in this forest the entire time, thus the, yeah. the title. Um, so there's lots of light coming through. You play this little white creature, kind of crawls around this like enormous uh, environment. It's a fantastic game. It's getting incredible reviews. At it's one good. point, it had a 90 on Metacritic. Yeah. Uh, I think it may have settled around to 89 or so. It's still. First week, so that'll move around a yeah, little like, bit. Yeah, like right now it's saying it's coming as a 9.5 out of 10. 
Yes, for this yes. particular review engine that's there. So uh, this is, a, uh, I think we, we linked over to Destructoid for this, which has a collection of yep. reviews. Uh, the soundtrack is another thing I will highlight is fantastic, oh, and yeah. that's available on Xbox Music as well as iTunes and Do they have a rating on places. this one? Uh, a rating for this guy? Do you know what it is? Rating for... Like, is it teen, everyone? Oh, is that's it, a uh, good question. I'm assuming it's probably a teen uh, or something like that, just because... I don't know. Well, uh, we'll I'll we'll plug it down in the notes. So I'll look at it after. Okay. Um, I've only got to play about an hour and a half of it so far. Um, my, good. My schedule has been a little uh, hectic, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. It's great. I love the genre, but again, like just to sit there and watch the story un- as the as it unfolds, uh, it, it's it's very clever and very well done. So Ori is available uh, for those fans of uh, uh, ours who are in Austria, because never let anyone tell us that we're only U.S. centric. Right. You have an exclusive opportunity to get a Ori in the Blind Forest Xbox One bundle. This is oh. Austria only. Uh, the lead game designer is uh, is Austrian. Austrian. Yep. So they have a unique ability. And then it's uh, a 399 euro bundle. And uh, you can go to the Xbox One store page and they'll direct you to available retailers. Uh, and then you, you, get, you get a great game to, to kick off your, your Xbox One generation with. So that's, that's the first of them. The second one is a game that kind of came out of nowhere. I was following it a little bit. Um, it's called Cities Skylines. It's in a, an interesting genre, which is the city builder game. So mm-hmm. one that uh, SimCity pretty yeah. much was the only game right. in for, I don't know, Forever. two decades. Um, the last SimCity came out was in 2013, which is two years ago already. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there have been a couple other games in the genre. This one, City Skylines, uh, published up by Paradox and developed by Colossal Order, sold 250,000 copies in the first 24 hours, including then, pre-orders. Which platform is this for? This is for is PC. It, okay, so it's uh, actually, I believe there was a day one Linux uh, 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 option available as well. I don't remember if it's available on Mac as well. It's on Steam. Yeah. That's where I got it. It's available on other retailers as well. Uh, prices ranging somewhere between the 22 to $30 range. So, again, not a, a full retail-priced game. We'll say that $60 price point. And just out of curiosity, is this one of those things where you have to go off and, like, you know, farm blueberries no. for six no. months to be able to this get This is not a points? Ville game. Okay, this is a city Those drive game. me so, freaking insane. Um, this is, uh, I haven't seen any DLC or any add-on packs. There's a modding engine, so you can go in and do modding. I yep. think there's a sandbox mode, but I'm still, like, building. My city has, like, twelve or 13,000 people in it right now. Yeah. You start from scratch, you build. There's no, like, giant monsters that come down and try to harm city. It's a very just tranquil... Let me build my giant sprawling city. I've gotten to open up additional. I think at first you're in a yeah, two, land, yeah. you're in a two kilometer by two kilometer square, mm-hmm. which is a fairly decent size. Uh, and then you can open up additional ones on either side of your city. So you can go like six to six kilometer, which that's cool. Is like it's a lot of miles. It's miles. <laughs> anyway, those are two of the games that I picked up recently that I, I have been having a ton of fun with. So now I gotta I gotta think about this one because uh, gaming PCs in my house are rather limited these days. I don't know. So I don't if know it's only PC based, it's only PC based. Like they're not gonna work too well. Yeah. Uh, for my kids, because my kids have been asking me about going for a sim game recently. Mm. So we've well, got one for the console there, uh, one one for uh, for PC. You can try them both out. And you were just saying you picked up Scream Ride. I picked up you uh, on the advice of you picked up Scream Ride. So uh, I went to the store and picked that one up. It's quite nice. I honestly have not had a chance to even play it yet. That's how busy I've been. It's gotten some playtime. My my son and my daughters (laughs) have played it, uh, and they definitely are having a lot of fun with it. 
I would say it's one of those games that, like, because you're just on a roller coaster, like, yeah. zooming around, it's just, it's, it's hard not to have fun. Tony Stark. Hmm. Interesting guy. When you see when you see tweets coming along from uh, the Mr. Robert Downey Jr. and talking about Tony Stark as a natural comparison, uh, because he recently went off and visited a uh, young boy about I believe he was about seven years old or so, yes, uh, named Alex Pring, uh, who was born with a partially developed right arm, mm-hmm. and he is the recipient of one of the new 3D printed arms or artificial limbs uh, that were created as part of the collective project. Uh, it, was a, it was a contest or an environment, a collaborative environment design by the Microsoft OneNote team uh, to be able to try to uh, go off and to um, highlight and spotlight students that are trying to change the world. Uh, in this case, it is Albert, or Albert uh, Manor, Manero. Monero, sure. Uh, that basically is a PhD student in mechanical engineering uh, at University of Central Florida, who's going to, and he's founded a company that's called Limbitless. I love the name. Limit, limit, <laughs> Limbitless, uh, which has a goal of basically printing 3D arms for kids that are in need for around 350 bucks, which is a fraction of the cost of what a full size. I, 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 I don't know offhand what like what a limb would cost. I'm assuming it's a lot more than. The fact that it's 3D printed means that. You can make personal adjustments yep. and still have that price, which is absolutely insane. So basically, Robert Downey Jr. got involved in the whole picture because yeah. he read a blog post or was pointed out to a blog post uh, that Microsoft wrote about the project and about the um, uh, the collective project. And uh, he wanted to get involved with actually delivering the limb to the seven-year-old. Uh, and then there was some you know, tweets and some videos that were created about it. And uh, end result, awesome pairing and visibility as far as... Uh, uh, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Robert Downey Jr., yeah. talking to this child and then delivering this freaking 3D-printed marvel. I had uh, I had seen some tweets from Robert Downey Jr. He brought his uh, Iron Man arm oh, with yeah. him, so there's photos of the two of them with their artificial <laughs> arms. That is cool. And uh, I, I, I thought it was really awesome. I had no idea Microsoft had a hand in it. So it's it's kind, kind of a of roundabout connection. Oh, absolutely. It's enough, it's enough to cover the content um, quality for this but, show. But uh, that's fantastic to see a company like Limitless exist and do this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, I think it's great that uh, Robert Downey Jr. got involved. It's that's kind of uh, good news all around. The newest edition of the Microsoft News Stories People's... I never know what to call it. I, know, it's, I just think it's a really cool blog. Yes, no, it's, it's fantastically done like website-wise, and it's really great content, too. Anyway, this edition uh, the, of the series covering people at Microsoft focuses on designers, yeah. which don't often get a whole lot of spotlight at Microsoft. I think they're, they're taken for granted uh, quite often, but especially in this age where we are moving more and more towards hardware, mm-hmm. it's important. But there's also key software stuff that's, that's involved as well. Uh, the, the four uh, start off with Cat Holmes, speaking of software and hardware kind of combining, who is a design director in operating systems and was one of the key people in designing Cortana. Now, Cortana is our personal assistant, and she talks quite a bit in here in detail about how, how not to make it creepy like this fake person... <laughs> but not cold, just like this interface behind a pane of glass. Right. And there's a balance there, and uh, it actually draws parallels to the, the Spike Jones uh, film, Her. Mm-hmm. The guy has a relationship with yeah. his computer. Like, it, she said that the trailer first came out while they were designing, and they're like, it's kind of cool and kind of creepy. <laughs> like, we want to do this, but we don't want it ending up being this kind of weird connection. So really cool uh, uh, talk about behind kind of the influences and uh, curiosities that led to that kind of design. 
Another one was uh, Jonah Sterling, a uh, gentleman that's in charge of a team of 30-odd designers that actually work on the design of and the UX experience of Azure, hmm. which is kind of cool. I say it's, you know, so we've gone from a piece of software that's on a phone device and also going to be included in Windows 10 to now looking at uh, Azure as a service uh, solutions. And I never really thought about this, but like when you go to the management portal, yeah. it actually it's changed a, a number of times. Oh gosh, yeah, from the Silverlight, <laughs> yeah. Silverlight one to yeah. uh, manage the new portal, uh, yeah. the side scrolling kind of one. And so he's one of the he's the lead of the team that's looking after that. He comes from a background of working with the Seattle Academy of Arts and Sciences, uh, which is very very cool. Uh, but he actually holds down inside Building 44, which is probably influenced a bit by his team's design because it's like cool kind of retro leather couches and stuff like that as well. Uh, So I I did an interview in there once uh, for some guys, and that was kind of cool. But uh, he's responsible overall for the learning experience of what it's like, trying to basically have emotional... uh, emotional attachments to the icon, the, the icons, the yeah. experiences, how to do stuff, and everything else inside the uh, Azure portal experience. Absolutely. Uh, the third one is uh, Yanku Yu, who is a uh, creative director on the devices team, now back onto the hardware side, where design is probably more uh, expected from yeah. consumers. Um, but he is one of the designers between uh, behind HoloLens, which is our new holographic computing device, uh, and uh, he has done uh, stuff on other devices. He comes from outside Microsoft, having done, having done lots of um, art installations, but also product design. Uh, and his philosophy is all about simplicity and bringing things to uh, pure, meaningful, and functional status. Mm-hmm. So he talks about a, uh, a humidifier and how humidifiers used to they were shaped like appliances because they are appliances. Uh, but he made one that's in the shape of a bottle. So you place it over like a bottle and put water in there, and then yeah. it just looks simple and out of the way and still is functional. That's cool. Um, I, he talks a little bit more about some of the devices he made that were a combination of like china and LEDs or a cappuccino mug with LEDs in it that gave you a sense of when you had the correct temperature for your drink. So lots of functionality and simplicity built into the same thing there, which is which is kind of a beautiful... A thing to to strive for and very difficult to hit. And how can you not talk about design without mentioning the Surface? Obviously, sure, is yeah. one of the ones that we're talking about. And one of the guys that was involved with the Surface design as senior creative director is Ralph Gorin. Uh, is actually a gentleman from Germany, and they have an interesting part of the story about how he got into his first design or access into the program for university, mm-hmm. where he actually spent his life savings at that point <laughs> on a fax machine. <laughs> So he could actually fax uh, back and forth with the admissions to be able to convince them that uh, he was avant-garde to be able to go off and to be able to attend. So rather rather interesting backstory on how he got into that. And he came to Microsoft in 2006 and got started when, in 2006, we did a lot of stuff with keyboards and mice. Yeah. And so that's how we kind of got started and then brought over to the Surface team. And, and they're saying how, you know, the Surface design and, and any kind of design reflects the people that worked on the team. Absolutely. And, you know, if someone can make a design for a hinge that, like, opens like that, it's got to be a German. (laughs) (laughs) The level of precision is just awesome. I would say if you're looking for advice to how to get into the field Mm -hmm. or how to get into Microsoft, don't buy a fax machine. No, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't don't spend your life savings on it. Not anymore. That was a a timely decision. Same thing goes for teletype machines and card punches. (laughs) Unless you're starting a museum. Yeah, that's true. From the beer desk. <laughs> I just wish there actually was a beer desk. That'd be good. There can be after the show. Well, you know, we could do that. I guess, yes, actually, the 
Hmm, interesting. Yes. From the beer desk. It's from the beer desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we love our Kickstarter projects, the kind of cool things that are going on with the Kickstarter world. And there's one that actually has just already doubled its pledge goal of 75K, uh, which is one that's known as the Juggernaut slash Kegerator. Two uh, components. Keg-u-lator. Keg, keg, Keg-u-lator keg, keg uh, by Drink Tanks. Uh, the concept of being the world's largest growler and personal keg. Now, we talked earlier about UKEG uh, a couple episodes ago, a number of episodes ago. Yes. I was so interested, I actually went off and bought one. So I backed it, and I get to pick mine up in June. Uh, this one's actually kind of cool because I've seen these guys before. They make really good double-wall insulated uh, growlers to be able to keep your stuff cold for 24 hours, which is good. And they basically modded it and shopped it up so that it actually has now a CO2 monitoring and delivery system at the top. Uh, and it has a spout pouring capability as well to be able to pour off your pints. So, so to be and specific, the, the juggernaut is the large growler, right. double-walled insulated aluminum. Yeah. The kegulator is the top that goes on. Is the top that, that goes on top CO2. of it. It's a it's a modded modded top that has a downspout to pour to mm. grab from the bottom. It has CO two sixteen gram CO two CO CO two cartridge, right. and then it has a serving hose that goes on top of it uh, to to complete the whole thing. And these guys are based out of Oregon, and they happen to have a beautiful array of different options of different levels of sponsorship packages, one of which is obviously showcasing the fact that they can do some really cool color designs with powder coating. As you say, I see an orange one on there. Yep, orange one is definitely very good. Definitely don't want to get the green one because it would merge in with our green screen <laughs> in the back. Uh, and a whole bunch of different types of packs. So if you're looking to try to keep your beer cool and you enjoy the craft or homebrew of being able to fill up growlers, uh, this is a definite option because um, there's... Uh, a growing demand for larger and better uh, ways of being able to share craft beer. Awesome. Mercedes recently revealed uh, one of their uh, self-driving cars or automated cars. It's a uh, is is noted as a research car, so, so not even a concept, not a concept or anything. It's just something that they're playing with in research. Okay, uh, and they, they call it the Mercedes-Benz F. 015 or 015 or 015. That's cool, man. Yeah, so it has a couple, I think, novel concepts. So just because uh, self-driving is a thing that uh, several manufacturers have been playing around with, yep. and uh, I think it's an awesome concept. I can't wait to get to stop driving. <laughs> and just Step have inside the vehicle pick, and say, car, show up, get take in, me home. bring somewhere. Yes. Off it goes. And just go, and I could take a nap in the back or... <laughs> Or do my, you know, work on email or program. Um, there's a couple, uh, I think, novel concept in this one. Uh, I, I, was, I was talking to Rick earlier about this, that one of the problems, it's one of these problems that you would never think of with a car, with a self-driving car, until like, you actually go out happens, and test yeah. it in the field, field is um, people don't trust them. Yeah. Right? So you get to an intersection, and there's a car without a driver, and like, <laughs> do, do I go? Do you go? Like, even people have this problem, so when there's no one to talk to... Right. The, the way they solve this is they have a projector in the front. It's a laser projection system. That projects a, like a, a crosswalk in front of the car, <laughs> and then they say, like, go ahead, you go first. <laughs> and I thought that's a really cool concept. It's, it's unambiguous, it. right? Yeah. Like, and I'm assuming they have multiple languages yeah. and whatnot. Cylinder's uh, awesome. The interior is designed around having multiple people sitting and chatting inside the car. So four uh, seats. So the, and the two seats in the front turn around to be... 180 degrees, so you face each other. Right. Uh, and, uh, and we noticed from the picture that it looks like it actually allows you to turn back around the other way just in case you have to drive. Yeah, there's a steering on. wheel that almost looks like a flight stick kind yeah. of in there. And then I like uh, at the very back of this, the very bottom of this, they have a visual and acoustic signals for greater safety. Uh, <laughs> basically, think of it like an LED display at the back. Yeah, like large so, like 
like you know, funny. think of it like a like a scroll board application. You can put your, you know, back off, buddy. <laughs> going across says, the back. Yeah, it's a slow. I don't know if there's a programmable or they have. Oh, you know they're going to hack this. <laughs> yeah. You know they're going to hack this. Yeah, we we already, we already did this with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Project uh, Detroit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and the inside is like a digital living room. I like the the sides are screens, and I think they showed in the video some samples of like picking locations or finding restaurants in your area and just selecting your. So yeah. I just thought it was a really cool way. And by the way, the car looks beautiful. Yeah. At least I mean that's well, completely it's, it's subjective. It's a design R and D car. How can it not look beautiful? Uh, but uh, I think this is more of the direction uh, of where we're going. I'm I'm really excited to see these evolutions of technology. Excited anytime you see multiple companies doing it because then you know that there's going to be competition and competition only means like awesome stuff is coming. So, you got it. Really cool for Mercedes. Good work out there. That wraps up episode 240 of Ping. That is 240 episodes in the can. Uh, thanks for joining us. As always, we love talking to our uh, to our followers, our watchers, our pingers. So we've, we've TCP or UDP or whatever that protocol was. Preferably TCP because yeah. if you just throw a set off us, we don't know if we got it. You don't know if you got it. Uh, we you, we you, have multiple you, you ways got the sign today. multiple ways of following us. One of them is on hashtag ping show ping on show. Twitter. You can talk to us individually at Mark DeFalco. Uh, at SignRexterCDN. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the ping show. Ping show. Got it? Yeah, the ping show. That works. And then if you want one of these guys, as we mentioned at the very top of this uh, episode, uh, you can send a snail mail, send us a postcard, put a stamp on it <laughs> with Poor international pad. postage if you're coming from across the pond. Uh, going to the ping show, care of Channel 9, Building 20, One Microsoft Way, Redmond, Washington, 98052. Question of the week, man. Question of the week. Uh, we talked about some of the unusual advances in the Mercedes F015. I think I got that that's, right. I say that's impressive. You remember? Um, what do you think are some other uh, problems that need to be solved and some uh, cool solutions for them? So what other things that you think you can automate there? What other kind of features? Uh, what other messages do you want on the back of that I would say, I would honestly say user-customizable messages on the back. Because I know <laughs> I have wanted to say a number of uh, blankety-blank, beep-beep-beep things to I people see, that are behind I me. I think that if you're not driving, you're just going to be like relaxed and not worry about that. It could be true. could be true. I don't know, man. Uh, what do you think? What would they be? Let us know in any one of those ways or, of course, in the comments right below here. Yep. And until then, we will see you next time. Oh, I'm totally off. Oh, yeah. so long time. <laughs>